Hi friends, welcome back to Dating by Design. This is the season one finale. Today we are headed into part two of my interview with Gina on dating with her bees. If you haven't listened to part one yet, definitely go back and do that. As always, please rate, subscribe to, and share this podcast, and send me feedback or dating questions at datingbydesign at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram. On last week's episode, we left off on the subject of sex negativity in our culture and how that impacts STI stigma. So let's dive back in. So can you think of other ways that like this sex negative culture contributes to our challenges of discovering and living with herpes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the kind of culture that we have shames women for having pleasure just in general, right? It might be like pumpkin spice lattes. It might be Uggs. It doesn't matter if she's happy about it. Let us mock kind of a thing. Yep. Um, and so seeking pleasure sexually is a whole other level of um, just not okay for women. So being sexually active as a woman already comes with a lot of uh, stuff that you have to carry or that a lot of people feel like they have to carry along with them. Um, like thinking about how many partners you've had or thinking about the kinds of uh, things that you will or won't do with a partner um, that are either expected of you or that, you know, porn has made super common, mainstream porn has made super common. Um, I think there's a lot that we already shoulder as women when we enter into a sexual relationship with someone else. And so the thing about sex um and our culture around it i think or one of the things about it is that uh it's surrounded by a lot of secrecy it's surrounded by um just this general like we don't talk about it um kind of a thing in in yeah which is so fascinating because like sex is literally everywhere all the time all the time we're just like all of us are so conflicted all the time like no Uh wonder we're so anxious about it yeah yeah exactly Um, but it's so secretive Mm -hmm. and to add, um, an STI into that means that people aren't going to go get tested. It means that people aren't going to disclose. It means that shitty relationships will continue because of the terror of exposing oneself or being vulnerable with another human and disclosing to them. Um, this, I mean, even if you take herpes out of this, this is still happening because of our sex negative culture. Um, but adding herpes to it is a whole different additional layer of crap on an already pretty steaming pile of, of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, not to get too heavy, but disclosure is the thing that saved me. Disclosing to people and not having it be a secret. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Brene Brown, secrecy, silence, and judgment is what makes stigma go around. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part um, was when I, when nobody knew, or when only a couple people knew, when I looked at my best friends in grad school and was like, I, I think you're going to be cool about this. But also, what if you aren't? You're like my lifeline here. Yeah, true. That's a big um, risk. 
huge risk, huge risk. And I couldn't do it for months and months and months because I was so scared of losing my the the support system that I was able to build, you know, in like a year and a half um, in my PhD program. So as difficult as it is, um, and as much as I hate doing it, disclosure is the thing that saved me. Yeah. Um, well, let's I, let's talk about disclosure. Like, yeah. what what is it? How does it usually go for you? Do you have like tips for disclosing differently between yeah. like, romantic partners, friends, family? So um, for me, disclosure happened on a really wide scale because one morning I woke up and I was surfing through Facebook on my phone and I came across, I think it's a Buzzfeed article about um, STI specific dating sites. Um, and I got pissed. Mm-hmm. Like I told you that my, my sense of injustice was inflamed. Um, and I just got pissed because the article that I read was basically like, you don't have to use it, but you should cause you're gross, get over there kind of a thing. And I was just furious and I wrote, I did the, you know, the Facebook share thing. And then I wrote out this thing about how I was diagnosed. I think this was the following year in like 2016. Um, So I had done some processing, but I was like, fuck it. I'm, this isn't right. Um, I just, I, I woke up and I chose violence. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) because I was so mad at this article. Um, uh, what it was saying about me mm-hmm. and about, about other people who live with herpes. Um, and so on Facebook to, you know, my friends and family, I was like, Hey, I've got herpes. This article sucks. Um, the who estimates that approximately two thirds of the world's population under 50 has at least one strain of HSV. If you've had more than six sexual partners, you've at least been exposed to herpes. Like this is not a thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, then I started thinking about the folks who have herpes and are not comfortable disclosing. And I was like, you're going to run across this stuff too. I think about this too, like, um, you know, my friends who have had miscarriages um, or lost uh, or experienced like infant loss when, um, you know, Britney Spears talks about losing um, a pregnancy early or um, what's her nuts? Um, Meghan Markle talked oh, yeah. about, um, I think about, you know, those those folks, and for me, every time I see herpes in the news, I'm sort of reliving in a sense. But I was thinking about folks who are not comfortable enough to talk about their diagnosis, to talk about their status, um, and what it's like to read these articles or to see these articles and be like, yeah, herpes, ha, ha, you know, kind of a thing. And I was just like, you guys deserve love. We all deserve love too, regardless of our status. Right. And so disclosure for me happened big and broad. How did it go? Like, how did people react? Um, people reacted very supportively. Um, I, you know, social media is predominantly, I mean, a lot of it is, is female and most of my friends and family who were on Facebook at the time were, um, were female and did, um, or identified as female and were very supportive about it. Like, thank you for sharing that sort of thing. I didn't get any negative, anything publicly negative at all. Um, you know, I had to talk to my mom and my sister I because I posted that. And then I was like, I haven't told them and they're going to find out this way. So I called them and talked to them about it, which, you know, we have to, I give my family grace for those conversations because um, 
because of who they are to me. And, you know, so answering like, well, how many people have you slept with? Oh God. You know? Yeah. So because I love them because I want to give them that grace. They're important to me. Um, We have those very uncomfortable conversations. Um, But so that's what happened big and broad. And then like, I put it in my Instagram bio. I was like, HSV plus blah, blah, whatever. Um, I put it in my, at the time I was on some dating apps. I haven't been on dating apps in just ages. Um, but I had it like in my bio. Um, I would say it like in my dating app, like if I had a conversation with someone, I would say it really early. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much easier to do it with a screen in between Yep. and someone else um, or someone's else. That's why I think um, it was really easy to let my rage carry me through that Facebook post because I couldn't see the people. I couldn't look them in the eye and tell them. But when I had to do it or when I decided to disclose to my uh, my PhD best friend, fuck, I could have puked. Oh. I was so scared to look them in the eye. I had to actually, I, I practiced. I looked myself in the mirror and said, I have herpes. Oh, and it's so vulnerability for me is really excruciating and so putting myself out there is um painful in a lot of ways um and I like to think that the people I have around me are going to be supportive and great but you know you never know yeah sometimes you never know know. oh gosh yeah I can't like you know uh I can't imagine having been in your shoes in that time in your life like I mean I went through a master's program and it was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, and I had, a, you know, a brand new support system that was in my program, um, you know, as away from my home, like you were like, uh, I couldn't imagine having to deal with all of that at that same time. Like, God, oh, that's heavy. That's a lot. Um, when we talk disclosure, like, I prefer disclosing over text. Um, I communicate better in writing and it's like less vulnerable for me. I don't have to sit there and like, if somebody has a negative reaction, I don't have to be subject to that. Um, And that's like protecting my peace a little bit. Um, And usually, uh, so I've done, I've done it both ways. Like I have put it in my dating profile um, and, you know, told people within like the first three messages, uh-huh. um, just want to let you know, uh, now my, uh, tactic is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually wait until I know that I'm going to get physical with somebody mm-hmm. yeah. because not because I'm trying to like hide things from them or like yep. put one over on them or whatever. It's yeah. because I like, this is something personal and I need to know that you're a safe person to share personal information with. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know that from even a first date. Right. So when I disclose, um, I say like, hey, I like where this is going. I want to share that I carry HSV2. Um, I take the drugs, to the antiviral drugs to decrease transmission. Um, so the risk for you is very low, um, especially with condom use if I'm... Um, yep. talking to a male partner 
And then I always say, like, you know, do you have any questions for me? I'm happy to provide more information or resources. And Mm -hmm. it's very short, very, like, positive and upbeat. Like, I never apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, I say that I want to share, not that I have to share. (laughs) Um, So do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. So um, my first couple of um, in-person disclosures were pretty much a mess and it was largely because I wasn't ready. Um, one of the best things that I read about um, from Herpler about how to disclose is like, they're gonna take it as seriously as you do in that moment. So if you present to them, hey, so I really like you. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's right. that's good. Thank you. <laughs> it actually happened, right? Um, so if you do this big dramatic like doom and gloom, that's exactly how they're going to take it as opposed to something like, Hey, I really like where this is going. I respect you as a result of this respect (laughs) that I have for you and my desire to pursue something physical. I have herpes, you know, um, there have been, I think one of the, uh, the first times that I, um, started thinking academically about herpes was towards the end of the summer um, that I got it when I found someone on herpes or on Herpler had put together a pamphlet and I was like this is technical communication <laughs> um, and so I know that some people have that like have pamphlets that they will like give a partner um, which I think is genius um, because I'm a nerd a word nerd particularly um, but I also realized that it's not perhaps appropriate in every context. Yeah. Um, some people like have a comic that they draw, that sort of thing. Um, I like the open-ended, like, do you have questions um, or do you want some time? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't. That's the to- other part of the reason that I do it over text. It gives them time to react in whatever way they need to without mm-hmm. the pressure of having to like perform right. understanding if they are right. confused or upset. Right. Exactly. I think that that's a really smart move. Um, but I always worry to, um, like when, um, when they're like, no, I'm going to do some research on my own. I'm like, can I point you in the right direction, please? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Without seeming like coercive. I don't want to be like, don't. Are there specific resources that you would suggest people stay away from? Much of Google, like almost just like don't broadly Google things. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like to sort of have some things um, like at the, on the uh, top of my head, you know, like I'm ready, like, um, you know, transmission rates for HSV2 between people um, is like, God, I can't even remember the number now, but it's pretty low. Um, I think it's like between one and 3% or something yeah, like that. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's between like one and 3%, but that's if like, I'm not on antivirals and we don't use a condom, but if we, but if I'm on antivirals, then it cuts in half. And then if I'm on antivirals and we use condoms, then it cuts in half again. Mm-hmm. And so like having that sort of information, like immediately available off the top of my head helps me because I'm kind of, you know, I, I in my mind, I'm catastrophizing and thinking about anticipating what they're going to ask and so that's one of the things that I that I like to have or I did like to have you're also a very skilled technical communicator I want to be clear there that like that's that's part of your technical communication toolbox yeah that that is yeah (laughs) okay um compliments are um, <laughs> but I like to have those sorts of stats available I like to talk about the things that um 
the things that we can do, right? If we're pursuing this relationship, physical, emotional, whatever, um, here are things that we can do to have safer sex, which I think is a really important phrase, not safe sex, but safer sex, because anytime bodies collide, you know. There's no there's no guarantee of safety. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the, the idea of safe sex, I think is really silly um, and limiting. Um, so to have safer sex. And, it, but again, I, I like to think that the people that I choose, um, to have that, to have a physical relationship are also going to be sort of on the same wavelength as me mm-hmm. and sort of of a similar like mentality about the sex, about sexual health, about, you know, all kinds of things. Um, but honestly, I haven't disclosed very much to like a potential sexual partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, I mean, there are, I think a lot of reasons for that, but like, I have never been someone who dates a lot. Like I don't get asked on dates. I don't, that's not a thing that happens. Um, Like I didn't date at all for like the last half of my um, bachelor's and all through my master's. Um, I dated off and on for like a year with that guy um but I haven't dated since I've been in Atlanta I haven't like that's not a thing that I just like do um um, this is a whole other podcast episode but I just (laughs) I don't but I did um when I when I first started like being on apps I did have HSV in my um in my profile it was one of the things that I checked with that they knew um but in the time even though I'm not on apps I still think about you know, going on apps and stuff. But I think that I would probably, it's not something that I don't think I would put in my profile now. Putting it in my profile and having, um, like doing that talk very early was a protective measure for me. And um, to, to keep me from being exposed to rejection mm-hmm. um, after I had invested to any extent in, in someone. Um, and unintentionally, it was also telling people that I was herpes to an extent, right? Like that is a huge part of my identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but there's a lot more to me than herpes. Um, again, not that I've been on apps recently or, or, you know, at all in the last five years, but I don't think that I would have the same like sort of mode of, um, of operating under that. And, at the time when I was, um, when I was on apps, I was like, I just don't want to waste anyone's time. You know, like if they're going to have a problem with HSV, then I just, you know, I don't want to whatever, but really it was a protective thing. It was a, I'm vulnerable about this and I'm going to, I'm going to reject you first Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like leave the door open for me so that I can, you know, leave quickly, uh, leave quickly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know? That's so like the that the level of like self awareness that you like a self work that you have to do to get to the point of understanding that like past you was avoiding rejection like I love that because um, I I mean I did that too when yeah. I first started dating again after my relationship with that person ended. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of dating apps, yeah, let's talk about STI positive only dating apps. Okay. What are your thoughts? I hate them. Okay. <laughs> um, I super hate them. Um, I get it. I get that um, that drive to be like, oh, yes, okay. I don't have to disclose to this person there, do you know? Thank God. Um, <clears throat> I get that. But um, what I don't like is people making money off of other people's vulnerabilities and the sex negative 
stigmatizing culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of people making money off of that. I don't like um, that a lot of those purpler is great because it's predominantly female or femme um, presenting in their like profiles and how they speak and stuff like that. Um, there aren't a lot of men um, who talk about having herpes, but in like, I haven't been in these uh, groups, but in some Facebook groups, it's really just um, a lot of dudes essentially being like, well, you have herpes. Who's going to want you? I'll fuck you. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And so that's, that becomes a breeding ground for that sort of predatory work by by both or by all sexes and genders. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think it sets up a really heinous precedent um, for othering and for self-othering. And um, it opens this gateway for predators to prey on very vulnerable people. I, I mentioned it earlier, but it's worth repeating that a very significant amount of women, especially think of about suicide in some attempt mm-hmm. after herpes diagnosis. So being in that emotional state um, or having been in that emotional state and being in a group that's specifically just so herpes um, centric, um, I think that that is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like corralling. She's very, the... very technical language. I don't think that's cool. That's not yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I think, yeah, it's, there's this, um, I think for me, there's this whole thing of like corralling people into like a leper's colony yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like it, I, I'm, I'm glad that STI positive dating apps are not super popular. Yeah. Um, or like super mainstream because mm-hmm. I I do want people with positive STI statuses to use the mainstream dating apps as mm-hmm. much as they use the other ones. But as sort of so um, on my uh, Instagram account, I've experimented with a, a lot of different dating apps to um, varying degrees of success. Um, I, I downloaded um, Positive Singles, which is an STI positive mm-hmm. dating app. And um I actually met somebody on it who is amazing. And so like, just because I had one positive experience on that app does not mean mm-hmm. that the whole app as I'm not endorsing it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like the, the, the decreased pressure mm-hmm. of having to have that disclosure conversation for yeah. both of us, I think was really just like such a relief, especially yeah. after like a long slog through yeah. lots and lots and lots of dates and disclosure conversations. Yeah. Um, so I understand people who are like, you know, find that appealing, um, Mm -hmm. and, and don't want to have to deal with the disclosure conversation. Honestly, though, if, even if you are on the app and you have it like in your bio, you still need to have a conversation about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I think that, I think that there are ways for apps to make that disclosure much easier. Um, have you been on on Grindr? No. Okay. One of the things that I did in the last chapter of my dissertation was look at um, the ways in which we can make disclosure disclosures with potential sexual partners much easier. And the group that has the most experience and success disclosing STI um, statuses is gay men. Mm-hmm. Grinder um, has so many 
fantastic options about uh, so on the profile um, when I was on it again this was like back in 2019 um, so it might have updated um, but it had things like the last time I was tested or if I'm on prep if I'm positive if I'm um, positive but like don't have any antibodies or am undetectable mm -hmm. um it has resources built in to all of those prompts like hey did you want to get tested like what yeah um, about, amazing. they have um tips about like how to disclose they and it's all built into the app because the audience the community of gay men have had to have these conversations for decades yeah um and uh, that was one of the most affirming things um, that I have um, that I have witnessed, even though it wasn't about herpes, it was about um, HIV AIDS. It's still the fact that this, that this exists, that this is an option for, for folks for, um, for any kind of STI, I think is wonderful, but it's a really great model. I think of how to take something that already exists, like, hinge or bumble or something else and build that kind of shit in to the profile process yeah right? i mean you, you can have these conversations but like christian i date or i drink socially or whatever i you know got tested the last time then right because it can open up these conversations so much easier right yeah it's there i have a um a resource for talking about um things you want to do it like during sex mm -hmm. and it's like the reason that this format works so well, like having a list and going through it one by one and being like, do you want to do this thing? Do you want to do this thing? Mm -hmm. Is because like, if the option is there, you're gonna talk about it. You have to talk about it. And yep. so if the option is there, like mm -hmm. it, it just completely erases that like level of like secrecy. Right. So it feels less like you're broaching a scary topic and more like, hey, notice this. Mm -hmm. right or I, I you know it might be something like hey I noticed um it, it, there's you know it, it doesn't say like the last time you've been tested have you is that something you just didn't want to talk about on the profile mm -hmm. or like you know let's talk about it kind of a thing um but putting it out there um proactively in a way that is like you know that that just lines up with everything else about a person that they would put in their profile like like i said they they want kids they want a long-term relationship they smoke socially they're christian they're you know whatever all of that stuff um putting it on the same level as that um and in the mix and not separate or not discussed at all i think it's really it's really it makes me very happy to see that um and of course it's gay men who are just leading the yeah, way leading the way yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so we've talked a lot about uh, like a lot of advice and just like general like good practices but if you could give any advice to like a newly diagnosed um person what would it be i love you oh. i love you and you're worthy of love and this isn't the end that's what i would have wanted to yeah. Um, from a practical standpoint, <clears throat> I would probably tell that person that um, they have options going forward about how they want to treat their um, herpes. 
um, when I was in a relationship, I was taking Valtrex every day as a suppressant um, because we were sexually active. Um, but if I'm not in a relationship, I'm not taking Valtrex every day. Like I have a prescription somewhere, um, but it's not something that I'm doing myself. Um, we had, my partner and I at the time had discussions about whether or not I should be doing that, right? Like it was a, a discussion that we had together and we sort of decided um, in the same way that, you know, a lot of um, couples uh, or partnerships should be having about like um, birth control, for example, um, <clears throat> or other safer sex practices. Um, so, um, so there are options for how you go forward. You don't have to be on Valtrex for your entire life. Um, other people are going to want to kiss you. <laughs> um, it's okay to advocate for yourself. If I had known what I knew now going into like a herpes diagnosis situation with a medical professional, I would be, I would have done things so much differently. Um, so it's okay to advocate for your health. It's okay. And your mental health is a part of that. Um, with a herpes diagnosis, it's important yeah. to consider all aspects of the human and not just simply where the lesions are occurring. Mm -hmm. um, so on a practical level, you've got a lot of options for going forward. Um, your body didn't betray you. I often thought that my body betrayed me <laughs> because I was under so much stress at the end of my PhD. I was like, I know I'm stressed. <laughs> How dare. Have to do this too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, um, your body will get better at fighting the virus and eventually you won't have outbreaks. Um, um, sex will happen again and it'll be good. Yep. And um, you're still worthy of all the very best things in life, regardless of what has happened. So yeah. that's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I just got it under control, Jordan. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, so I was talking to, um, a friend before this who, um, also has herpes and I was like, is there anything that you think that like, be, you know, people should talk about more? And his advice was like a couple of things, like one, allow yourself to feel your feelings about it. Like you're allowed to be mad. Um, you know, and you should process those feelings and take your time with those feelings. Mm -hmm. This other thing was that like, there are so many people who have it. Like, you are not alone. And it can feel really isolating, of course. But, like, uh, he made a good point that there are a lot of celebrities with herpes who are open about it. Um, yep. And a lot more who are probably not open about yep. it. Like, off the top of my head, um, Britney Spears, mm -hmm. Rihanna, um, Scarlett Johansson. Like, yep. all of these, like, super smoking hot people who yep. have very successful careers and active sex lives. Like... Mm -hmm have herpes and, and their lives are amazing yeah mm -hmm. um or you know allegedly amazing from right. our perspective <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. but it's i can different. tell you from my perspective my life is amazing and i have herpes so right. um mm -hmm. the other thing that i would like to say is that like being open about it with your friends is just as important i think as being open about it with your partners yeah. <sighs> once i started disclosing to my friends I felt so supported and because they were all like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, uh -huh. there, there, there's nothing at stake for them, but you know, yeah. it's, and none mm -hmm. of them had like weird intrusive questions or anything like that. They just like accepted it as part of me. And like, mm -hmm. 
having having a group of like a very small group of people who know so many things about me including that I have herpes is just like such a nice comfort when for when it's hard to disclose to other people yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely um one of the things that I that sort of um solidified for me was how like unimportant some things are that I thought were really important oh yeah um so like you know a a lot of times uh, on TikTok you'll see a lot of like um red flags right Mm -hmm. and they're like oh he's got an STI if he's got a sexually transmitted disease and I'm like my red flags my deal breakers are like child abandonment (laughs) some felonies you know like um they're (laughs) Yeah. Some felonies. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, not all of them. Um, yeah. Um, so like it made apparent to me how unimportant some things are um, in in relationships and how, again, how skewed our views on relationships can be when it comes to what's okay and what's not. And, uh, you know, again, this is this is a, a lack of knowledge, a lack of sexual and reproductive health education. Um, a lot of, you know, of course, mainstream porn and just so much, so many layers of the American cultural experience um, go into that. But um, herpes made it really easy for me to um, to know based on <clears throat> someone's reaction, like how important they were going to be to me going forward yeah Um, and some people I mean some friends aren't that you know some friends are 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 you know they have a different sphere in my life and that's perfectly fine and acceptable because we've agreed to that you know Mm -hmm. in some sort of way but all of my friends my mentors my um the people around me who support me were all very supportive and I feel really lucky about it but also like now I kind of hold them now that that felt like at the time I was like ah, thank you for still being my friend you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. and now I'm just like that's bare minimum mm-hmm. you know? yeah yeah so what you're saying is like it raised your standards yeah absolutely. Yeah. I love that yeah same mm-hmm. um so if you could give advice to folks who don't have herpes but Ooh. want to be open-minded Mm-hmm. or like supportive about potentially dating people who do what mm-hmm. would you say to them um i would say that whenever herpes is brought up in the pejorative in conversations in um when you read books or watch tv or whatever start start noticing those moments because once you notice or once you it's in your mind you know it's like uh you know you've never seen a red pt cruiser and then all of a sudden you see like 30 of them in one day because that's what you're looking for right Mm -hmm. Um, but start to notice when herpes is discussed in the pejorative um start processing how you react to that and start thinking about how you can advocate um because it's really easy for us as herpes havers to like be like it's not a big deal blah blah whatever but in the same sense that men don't listen to women men will only listen to other men a lot of times for folks who are not um who are who don't have herpes or are undiagnosed for them to advocate um to other folks who are like oh i don't want to share a straw with you i might get herpes uh, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, for them to step up in that moment and to be like, well, herpes isn't even a big deal. Like Mm -hmm. just, you know, um, so being open-minded requires being aware, requires, you know, confronting your own prejudices. Um, There are people out there who don't have herpes or haven't been diagnosed and want to be more open-minded I would say good. I'm, you know, I want to support you in that. It's going to require some introspection and maybe some uncomfortable, some uncomfortable reflecting Mm -hmm. part, which is not something that people want to do very often. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. Um, But I think the more, the more discussions we're having about STIs, the better. Um, Because at some point, even if it's some, you know, if it's a Judd Apatow movie, which always has a herpes reference in it, which is one of the reasons why I hate them. Yep. Um, at some point, someone's going to come in and be like, hey, herpes isn't like you're punching down here and that's really not OK. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, someone like Drew Michaels is going to come in and have a really great, you know, comedy set about it. Um, or somebody's going to stumble onto Ella Dawson's blog. Mm-hmm. Um and and get some really great introspection about it um so you know yeah just if you want to be open-minded about it that's really the big first step and keep going forward with those big mental steps because it's really going to be a lot of internal work yeah yeah definitely like holding other people to a higher standard um is i think really key uh, the couple I, I talked about at the beginning of the episode that um, I, you know, dated very briefly, mm-hmm. when I disclosed to them um, in our group chat, their reaction was perfect. They were like, oh, uh, we've never dated anybody who has herpes, but like definitely open to hearing what you have to say about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were very honest about like not knowing much about it, but being like supportive. And they were like, I just want to be like understanding and compassionate toward you while we talk about this and mm-hmm. weigh the risks. And I was like, wow, that's the only thing that I could ever ask yep. for. Like, you don't have to say yes right away. You don't have to say no right away, but just mm-hmm. being like, okay, cool. Tell me more about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is such a, that's like just a little small thing that people can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, so you talked about um, Drew Michael, Drew Michaels, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's a stand-up comedian, hilarious, yep. very yep. open about having herpes. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of his content is about herpes, no. but it's all funny. But, yeah, I love all yeah. of his sets. Um, yeah. And then Ella Dawson is yeah. a writer; she's great. Mm-hmm. What other STI folks out there do you follow and appreciate? Most of them come from uh, Herpler, but um, the rapper Lil Dicky. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Huh. He um he has herpes and he talks about it to some extent on his show as well, which is on Hulu. Um so Ali Wong when she talked about getting HPV um mm-hmm. and um her joke about if you don't have HPV yet, you're a fucking loser. That's what that's <laughs> yeah. about you, right? Like this is punching up. You yep. know what I mean? Like this is this is how we do this. Um yep. so anytime there's um a comic who can be like herpes wouldn't be so bad if it was just like herpes if it's just the singular but if there's you know like <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah. you know um those are the kinds of things that I just appreciate so much because mm-hmm. um so often I 
Um, I have started, and this is difficult for me with books, but if there's a herpes reference in the pejorative in, a, in like a book I'm reading, I'll just stop. Just leave it. Yeah. I'll just leave it. And that's hard for me to do because I'm like a finish it. Even if I skim really quickly, I still finish the book. Um, but if there's a herpes, whatever, like I hope you get herpes because that's the worst thing that could happen to you. You know, the worst sort of slur that you could just, you know, yeah. wish someone, right? Um, I immediately stop. Um, Bear, the show Barry on HBO with Bill Hader, where he is like a like a mob hitman mm-hmm. who like goes to drama school or whatever. I was so excited to watch that because it has Bill Hader and I love Bill Hader. And uh, there was a herpes reference, a shitty one in episode three, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not gonna just watching out anymore." <laughs> yeah, like I, um, that is a personal thing uh, mm-hmm. that I do just because. Well, yeah, like, why subject yourself to... Right. Especially because it's not going anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the joke to put someone down, and then we move on. It's not the joke to put someone down, and then someone calls them out on it. And then we have this discussion Mm -hmm. about STIs or about sexual and reproductive health education. It's not going anywhere else. And that, to me, is a signal that, like, the writers are... Lazy. Yeah, exactly. Lazy. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I went way off topic. With no, that I lo- no, I love that. <laughs> Most of my um, herpes um, stuff that I love to see is on Tumblr. Um, so if I'm in a mood and I want to really get, um, and I want to just sort of dive into some herpler, um, Earth, Wind, and Herpes is my is among my favorite on Tumblr. Um, yeah, yeah. The only other one that I can think of is um, Safe Slut on Instagram. Yes, yes. Um, her content's yeah. really great. Yeah, they're actually, okay, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, there are a couple of um, herpes positive folks on TikTok as well. It's not as big as Herpler, but it is out there. There's actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned TikTok. I, I love TikTok. I'm on mm-hmm. it all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's um, a creator out there who is um, sort of embroiled in a scandal right now. Um, I think her handle is... Um, Suze Bubs, S-U-Z-B-U-B-S. It's Susanna. I think her last name is Berkowitz or something, but um, Mm -hmm. one of her sex positive, like herpes positive TikToks made Mm -hmm. it onto that that MTV show Ridiculousness. Okay. Um, And the hosts were like super gross about it. Like one of them called her a super spreader. (gasps) Yikes. Yeah. Um, And so, and like, meanwhile, MTV has like a whole part of their website dedicated to being like sex positive Mm -hmm. um, and like spreading, you know, accurate information about safe Mm -hmm. sex, safer sex and whatever. So, you know, she's rightfully upset by it and she's going through all of this stuff. I mean, I don't, I I don't think it's like uh, litigious, but she is like calling them out publicly, hoping to get something back from the host Mm -hmm. of the show or MTV or something. Um, and I just like, I love, she is just like really going hard at them and I love it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like an army of people behind her now. Fantastic. I'm going to do some searching because that sounds like something I'm going to get, I want to know more about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's like, um, but there are some social moments when tides turn Mm -hmm. and, um, like for me, when I think about, um, one of my favorite people is Princess Diana. But when she sat with AIDS patients, oh, God. She, she didn't just meet them. She touched them. Mm-hmm. She sat with them. She talked to them and did so very publicly. And that was 
such a huge breakthrough, culturally speaking, for folks to understand that people with HIV are still people and are not scary and are still worthy and deserving of human interaction on every level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's these cultural moments, you know, um, probably not as, you know, in a grand scale as Princess Diana, but still there are these cultural moments that help push forward the discussion and the understanding about what is truly true about a condition. And so I think TikTok being what TikTok is right now is um, having herpes positive folks on there and like leading a charge for something, for some injustice. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. words. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there anything else that you want to make sure that we touch on? Something that you wish people asked about, but they don't? Or something to um, talk about? If you've got an academic in your life, ask them about their research. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just ask them about their research. Yeah. Um, my, I got a new job. I'm going to start soon. My mom has told me how proud she is of me more times in the weeks since than um, my entire academic career. Um, I don't think a lot of people know how lonely it is to be an academic. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. as like a non-herpes thing, do that for your academic Yeah, I, I love that. It, and I mean, it is sort of a, a herpes thing too, because it's like, mm-hmm. it helps people feel less lonely and isolated. Yeah. Um, and if you're curious about this, maybe you'll be curious and open-minded about other things about them. Yeah. Um, make them feel like they've got people to talk to about things that yeah. are important to them and impacting their lives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Where can friends find you if they want to? <laughs> yeah, I am on uh, Instagram. My account is private, but it's Murray's Girl, M-U-R-R-A-Y-S-G-R-L. Murray is my cat, and yes, I am his. <laughs> how it works between us, we've decided. Um, I generally, my account, like I said, is private, um, but if you wanted to message me and like start up a chat or something and friend me later, that's totally fine. I'll accept. Um, but I generally don't accept friend requests from people I don't know. So just sort of like reach out if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, um, I'm, you know, I'm around. Just ask Jordan about me. And yeah. then, you know, <laughs> Jordan, will, <laughs> Jordan will introduce us. That's For how it sure. works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to like close by thanking you so much for your time but also like your vulnerability and your courage and your strength and like you know giving that to as a gift to me and other people like ugh, I I don't know where what my life would be like without you in it so thank you for doing this for me and also now for my audience (laughs) this is really great (laughs) um compliments are hard but you're welcome and thank you for that that's nice to hear okay As we wrap up this episode and the first season, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been a guest on the podcast and all of the folks who text and DM me with their ideas and feedback about the show. When I started this podcast, I really had no idea what I was doing or what to expect, but the support from all of you has made this project the success I think that it is now. So thank you. I'm really happy I did this, and I'm so proud of all the work that we've done together, and I hope to come back for season two very soon. If you want updates on that or anything else related to this podcast, make sure that you're following me on Instagram. 
During this break between seasons, I'll be working on some really cool new stuff that I can't wait to share with you, and you won't want to miss it. I will, however, miss you. But don't worry, you'll hear from me again very soon. Until then, have a great week, friends, and don't forget to drink your water, have fun on your dates, ask for what you want, and say the hard things. <laughs>